This is the ZigBits Podcast, where zigabytes are faster than gigabytes. We at ZigBits continuously strive to provide real-world context around technology. I'm Zig, your host. You can follow us on Twitter at ZigBits. That's Z-I-G-B-I-T-S. Or on our website at ZigBits.tech. Today's show is called The Beginning. Every monumental event must have a beginning. This is the beginning of ZigBits. To start the show off today, we should discuss a little bit of my background and who I am, who is Zig, and then we will go into some detail on what this show is going to entail for you as the listeners, and finally we'll wrap it all up into expectations and priorities and so forth. So who am I? I've been very fortunate enough over the years to be put into situations for great success. I've been in the IT industry a little over 15 years now. A good portion of that time was in the government work. I started my career, as most of us in the IT field do, at a help desk, a lowly peon, doing software installs, imaging machines, uh, doing the old sneaker net between machine to machine. And when I started this, there really wasn't a network. My first job was at a school district where I ran around the school installing office and installing every application that the, the students were going to be using for the year. And none of the systems could connect to each other. So they were all standalone computers in, in the school district and in every school and every, every even in the computer lab was a standalone computer. So that was that was 15 years ago. Now, on the side, as a child, I really, really enjoyed programming. My my uncle, when I was young, I don't know if it was probably around when I was 10 or 11, he, he, uh, he found out that I was really into IT and really into programming. And so he sent me his C books, his Visual Basic book, um, his QBasic book. You, any programming language he had, he sent it to me. And um, I was the kid that you could find at night, um, instead of playing video games, instead of going outside and playing basketball or soccer with my friends, I was at the computer writing code, learning if statements and while loops and for loops, learning what a function and a method was. I was learning what objects were and knowing how to take a control or an object and modify it and learning how much work it took to actually create like a calendar object from scratch. This was the kind of stuff that I learned. Um, I would be up till one or two in the morning doing this kind of things. I'd have to be, my mom would have to take me away from the computer to eat dinner and eat lunch and eat breakfast and go to school and all that stuff. So that that's me when I was young and that was about 10 or 11. Um, and then I got my health desk job at that, at the school and that was my first real world position into IT as a whole and again I I loved it I thrived on it but it was very basic very, very um, you know looking back on it now it was very basic um, I, then I uh, moved into the Marine Corps I, I went into the military I decided to go fight for the country for our country here and um, thankfully or, or I guess fortunately I got a job in the Marine Corps at doing IT. So I went to school and learned all the basics on networking and servers and security and web design and programming, any of the basic stuff. And I, I again, I thrived on this knowledge. Um, I was very quick to pick it all up, as almost as quick to the point where I was teaching others already on, you know, 
subnetting and servers and client and server applications and how to build a server and how to build networks and the security around all that and then programming and web design. I was teaching that as well as learning it at the same time. As I, you'll, you'll, this is a common thread. A very quick learner. Um, soon after going to school and coming back to my unit, I deployed to Iraq for 14 months, and for me that was a. Um, and there's a lot of good and bad times in Iraq, but I loved being in Iraq. Uh, it was a, it was a world of its own. It was an experience of its own, um, where I had a job and I was great at my job. I was so good at my job that uh, I loved being out there. I, I didn't want to, didn't really want to leave when I had to leave. So when I came back from Iraq, I was be, again, given a chance to succeed here, given, putting in situation, putting in another position to succeed. I was given great, some advanced training. Um, my unit got to go to a Microsoft boot camp, a 14 day, 14 hour a day boot camp uh, for the Microsoft Certified System Engineer. And at this time, this was 2003 was what it was on. This was in the year 2007 <laughs> when I went to the course. But we, we went to the, the course was for Microsoft Certified System Engineer in 2003. And um, I, I, I successfully passed it. It was a great course, a lot of information. Um, and, and it was really just a great experience. And I was fortunate enough to go to that. And then soon after... Right, literally within months going after that, going to that training, I then went to um, what we call um, non-commissioned officer or NCO training in uh, Camp Pendleton, California. Lovely Camp Pendleton, or sorry, uh, Camp uh, 29 Palms, California. Lovely 29 Palms, California. Um, the desert that's in the U.S., the closest thing that we can find that's like Iraq um, is our, our communication school, comm school is what we call it. And uh, this uh, three-month course was teaching us, uh, the NCOs that were there, the tactical equipment that we use in the Marine Corps, um, any of the tactical satellites and, and tack boxes with equipment put in it. And it also taught us all the commercial versions of it as well. So we could learn, you know, the, the equipment that was outside of... Um, outside of the Marine Corps, outside of the military. And, and honestly, some of that equipment we were using inside the Marine Corps too. So we were learning it all. Um, Cisco routers and switches and, and firewalls and, and like CyberGuard firewalls and then um, uh, PICs and ASAs. We were learning all of that stuff. So that was a great experience. Um, at the end of the three months, I was given the opportunity to take the CCNA and I successfully passed it. So that was my, my intro into Cisco certification land, really. Um as I was getting out of the Marine Corps, after my five years, I was able to get uh, some CompTIA certifications too, Security Plus and Net Plus, to, to kind of round out my, my certification bucket, um, certification portfolio after that, you know, leaving the Marine Corps. Um, as I left the Marine Corps, I got some gov government contract positions. I worked for the Navy for a little bit doing server work, um, more more operations and maintenance work than anything else. Some project work here and there, but um, really patching and managing the environment. Um, and then I was a contractor for the Marine Corps for a year or two, for a couple of years, doing incident response work, which was very interesting to me. It was, it was a mentoring role, leadership role, um, and it was really teaching Marines or teaching, teaching engineers, um, all the ins and outs of how data is flowing through the network, how it looks in like a seam or a, a, a pack analyzer, NetFlow, Wireshark, 
how DNS works, DHCP works, NTP works, and um, your two-way, three-way handshake. You get all that kind of stuff. All that, all that information and how you look at it from like a, a packet perspective and walking through the, the data flows in the environment. That's what this was. We didn't have access to the equipment. We just had access to the logs. You had to really understand those logs. You had to understand that this IP was internal. Um, it was an RFC 1918 address. This IP was external. Um that's the kind of stuff you had to learn about. And, you know, these guys came coming out of college. They didn't really have the experience of what DNS, DHCP, and IP address was or how subnetting worked or routing worked. So being able to train them on that, that was uh, extremely beneficial. And then also, obviously, incident response, being able to um, track an incident from the beginning to the end, um, maintaining chain of custody if we get a hard drive, do forensic analysis on the hard drive, etc., um, migrating all the way up the chain of command to the end of it. So that was a, a very interesting perspective on all that. Um, after doing that little stint at uh, Marser Instant Response, I then went into civilian life and had my first ever full si I, uh, siloed, I do air quotes, siloed networking role where I was doing networking and only networking. Um, Cisco networking, um, firewalls, Palo Alto firewalls, ASAs, um, trying to think what else do we do? Uh, F5s, load balancers, um, WAN optimization, a whole bunch of things under that role and that umbrella. Um, and then you come into the kind of where I'm at now. I currently work at a value added reseller or a VAR, um, Cisco VAR, Juniper VAR, just huge selling solution, solution selling, um, business driver kind of solutions really, um, at a high level. So, you know, that's 15 years in three or four minutes, real quick. <laughs> um, Certifications-wise, at this point, some of the, the kind of things that my certification um, portfolio has right now, um, I am a Cisco Certified Design Expert. Um, I was able to finish that journey last year in November. I'm also a dual CCIE, <clears throat> Route Switch and Service Fighter, uh, CISSP, and then, of course, the other ones I mentioned before. Um, recently, I'm also, I'm, I am also an author of a book with Oron Ergen called The CCD In-Depth. You can find it on Amazon, and you can also find it on Oron's site if you do want to get the, the PDF version. So that, that's kind of who I am, right? Um, and, and my experiences at a high level, my work experiences, personal experiences, etc. Um, now moving into what is this show? So there's going to be some kind of bullet points that I want to go over for what this show is and what it isn't and what I think this show should be and how it's going to help you as the network practitioner and in, in our the network and you know the community that we all live in here that we all work in um, I think this will be very beneficial so this show is going to each episode is going to depict um, design sessions on advanced technologies so we are going to go in de detailed Technical detail, but relating to business requirements and business constraints as to why the technology was designed and deployed in a, in that manner. So now that's a loaded that's a loaded statement, but that is that's what we're going to do. That's the goal. Again, we're going to go highly technical discussions with underlying business requirements and constraints as to why that technology or technologies were designed and deployed in that manner, all right? So the other kind of way I was mentioning this is our mission is to ask why 
and then understand why. Okay, it's not to hey we do deployed OSPF because it's my favorite protocol. No, we want to know that's not a good valid valid answer for why. We want to know you deployed OSPF, but why did you deploy OSPF? Or you deployed a BFD. Why did you deploy BFD? That's what we're trying to get at here. <laughs> All right. Um, but some some kind of guidelines. We will try our best as much as possible to keep it vendor neutral slash vendor agnostic. Okay. Um, while I say that, there are going to be topics that we will go over that are vendor specific. Uh, we will determine them. We will discuss them. We will bring someone in that is an expert at the technology and will have those those highly technical discussions and then again we'll relate it to the business requirements and business constraints um, but we're going to try at a high level to keep this vendor neutral vendor agnostic um, for example if we're going to have a session on NAC network access control we would we might list off maybe the top three or four solutions that we see out in the market but we're we're not going to go down into the ice rabbit hole um, specifically unless there's a reason we have to right we're going to try to say if we want to go over a global NAC solution at a high level and how to design it, how to implement it, why you would do that, why you wouldn't do this, um, and maybe there's some requirements depending on the, the vendor's solution that would make that deployment different, we might talk about those. But this isn't a, we're not going to compare this vendor versus this vendor and who's better and who's worse. That's not the point of this. This is to be design focused, okay? Um, vendor neutral, vendor agnostic, design focused. The next kind of guideline is that we're going to go over modern technology. So we're not going to just isolate ourselves into the traditional networking space, right? Um, we are going to discuss um, <clears throat> SD-WAN, right? Software-defined WAN, um, another software-defined X, right? Software-defined networking. Another thing I like to bring out there, and I've kind of termed it a couple times, software-defined software. These are things that are very important to me. These are things that I think are very important to the community. And these are things that we are going to discuss. Um, let's see, what else are we going to discuss? Modern technologies, orchestration. We're going to discuss the orchestration and automation, how things are changing from a manual world to an automatic world, right? I wrote a post on my blog site about that a while ago. Um, we're going from a very manual driven world to automatic and it's changing how we do business. So those are some key things that we will discuss. We'll also discuss DevOps and the role DevOps place is placed in our in businesses, in our lives, how it affects us. So those are the modern technologies. Um, now I kind of touched base on detailed design sessions on advanced technologies already, but like just to give some examples of what advanced technologies that we might go over. And this isn't limiting to these, and it's not saying that we're going to go over each one of these in one session only. So high level MPLS, there's a whole bunch we could discuss with MPLS. MPLS has got a lot of different oppor opportunities for us to go down the rabbit hole of design. Right. But again, we're going to go down the rabbit hole design on X MPLS. Let's say we do L2 VPN, right? Or VPLS, just VPLS. That's a session in itself. Easily bring in a, a, a VPLS expert and let's just have that design discussion. And then we'll ask questions. And then we'll, we'll even change those discuss, the, those questions, right? Those requirements. We'll take a requirement. <coughs> uh, we'll take a requirement. We'll design a solution based on those requirements, constraints. And then afterwards, we're like, okay, well, what if those requirements were different? What if we we didn't care about cost? Or we didn't care about complexity? 
Now what? And we'll go through that rabbit hole, all right? Uh, that's a game plan. So MPLS, BGP, IGP, Inter-AS, Carrier Supporting Carrier, MPLS Traffic Engineering, and much more. These are just things that I'm pulling out of my head. We're going to go over, and we're going to go... Again, we're going to bring someone in that's an expert in any of these, one of them, and we're maybe multiple experts, and we're really going to hash out design design stuff, design, designing these solutions, uh, these technologies for for these technologies in a solutions environment. Um, and then I kind of hit on it already, but we're going to have guest experts, right? So <clears throat> throughout my CCD experience, my CCD journey, my Cisco Certified Design Expert journey, it took me 11 months to achieve the CCDE certification. Um, and I personally have grown drastically in those 11 months from that experience alone for me. Um, and a lot of this show is based on that experience and my my experiences within my study group that I was in with that, that 11-month roadmap. So just to give you a high-level example is that that, that CCDE study group, we had study sessions every Saturday and Sunday for three to four hours each day. And we would pick a technology, like what I'm going to do for these these episodes. We'd pick X technology, and we'd have someone lead the technology discussion, and everyone else would either um, chime in, help out, um, bring more information into it, um, do research on that technology and bring it in. And we'd have a three to four hour discussion over that technology, designing that technology um, with different business requirements back and forth. That is what we would do in the three to four hours. And it would be a huge group. We'd probably have six to 10 people, um, designers, experts in their own right, in their own fields, um, own specialties, uh, let's say. You know, we might have a, a CCIE wireless, a CCIE security, um, service provider, route switch. We have we have every CCIE that there was and every GANCIE that there is um, in a group, really. And then you can you only imagine what benefit that brings. So we're going to have guest experts. That's that's the that's the short answer. We're going to have guest experts, maybe more than one but definitely one on most of these shows. And that's the whole point is that we're going to be talking about these technologies at a very detailed level. Now, what this show isn't, okay? This show is not basic networking. We're not going to go over subnetting. We're not going to go over CCNA level or CCNP level stuff, technologies. I'm sorry. We're not going to just do that. That, that material is out there. You can do a quick searches and find it. Um, and I'll put a plug for INE, for instance. You can go to INE.com. They have tons of material for CCNA, CCMP, uh, CCIE. Um, and it's there. It's you don't. We're not going to recreate content that's there. That's I don't feel like that's the right thing to do. So now, while we might go into some of these technologies that might be CCNA or CCMP level, um, but it's going to be expected that you know the, the theory. Um, it's going to be expected that you know how these things already work um, so that when we start talking about designing these technologies with other technologies and other requirements and constraints, that it makes perfect sense to you. Okay? Um, so that's what this show is not. <laughs> Um, so let's let's move on to setting expectations and priorities. <clears throat> so my game plan and what I would like to see, um, and I say like to see, right? Keywords. I would like to see 
myself create or an episode be delivered every two weeks. So every two weeks, my plan is to have a new episode with a new topic. Um, or it might be a second episode of another topic, right? There might be a part two of a topic. So just keep that in mind. We might do a part one and then a part two, all right? We might do a part one and then we might do Q&A for part one and then we might do a part two and then Q&A for part two. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're learning as I go. So that's, that's another point, point I'm going to make, but that, that's the concept is, you know, our timetable is about every two weeks. That's the plan. All right. Um, now again, that's my personal goal, right? But I have to be very specific on this is that my priorities are going to always be my family and my health first, then my day job. Remember, I, I still have a day job and then this show. So, if for some reason health and family or my day job need to be need to fill in, then I might have to put this delayed. This this the shows might be a little delayed, but I have to set that up up front. That's me. If anyone knows who I am and knows me in in the in the world, knows that setting expectations is very important. Expectations, priorities are the number one thing whenever we start doing anything. So I need to set these up, and that's that's my view. Is that here's the expectations. Let's let's be on the same page, and that way you're not disappointed moving out. You know, you're not disappointed in a month when I only have one episode out there, right? Uh, <clears throat> so what's next on the list? All right, so yeah, I've never done a podcast before. <laughs> this is my first one. Um, and I'm learning and I think that should be obvious, right? I'm learning as I go. I'm new to it and it's going to be a work in progress. So let's, let's keep that in mind and I, I will learn and I will get better over time. Uh, but the next bullet kind of goes into that is that I'm a perfectionist by nature. So I, I have issues where I will dwell on something until I believe it's fairly perfect, but I don't want to do that with this show. I want this show to get out there. I want to produce content. Um, I want to have a happy medium. I want it to be professional. I want it to be productional, production, uh, a production cost, right? But I also want to get out there in a timely fashion. So, you know, I'm going to shoot for a 70, 80% position on um, goal on professionalism and uh, production element of the show, but then also getting it out there to you, right? And not dwelling on the time that I'm putting into editing the audio, right? So FYI, be warned, you know, I'm not going to go through and remove every um. I'm going to say um a ton. That's who I am. And I know it, right? And I'm putting you out, I'm telling you out there that I like um and um and I are best friends. And uh, I'm going to say um constantly. And I probably said it 20 times in the last 10 seconds. So prepare yourselves for that. Uh, the last thing here is that my brain sometimes has issues sending the ones and zeros down to my, my vocal cords and my mouth. So I don't know if other people have it. I know there's a lot of people out there that are witty. They have fast comments and fast responses to things. The way my brain works and the connections between my brain and my mouth and my vocal cords is a little slow. I don't know if the bandwidth is slow, if it's a 10 meg, 10 meg circuit and it needs to be upgraded to 10 gig. I don't know, but my brain needs to process information. It needs to send that a response down to my vocal cords for me to talk, right? So you're going to hear pauses. You're going to hear me think because I'm not 
going to script every single thing before the show. I want it to be a fluid show. Um, I want it to be what I posted on my site, Network Nirvana type of show. I want that to be a free-flowing, free-thought process type of show. So please keep that in mind. So to summarize so far what we've gone over, so we're all on the same page, right? Uh, We've talked about who I am and my experiences and then my certifications and my publications at a high level. So you get an idea of who I am. Um, Then we discuss what this show is and what it isn't, right? And, you know, quick summary of what it is. Uh, It's going to be a highly technical discussions with underlying business requirements and constraints as to why the technology was designed and deployed in that manner. Right. We are going to be asking why and we're going to understand the why. Right. So if someone's deploying OSPF, the question is why If we can't answer that. Then we have a problem. We need to answer it and then we need to understand the answer. OK. Technically and business related. All right. Um, and then we set up set up expectations and priorities, right? We went through and said every two weeks is the goal, right? If we do more, great. If we do less, eh, okay. But we're going to learn. We're going to set it every two weeks and we're going to try our best. The last bullet I have here is that please give us feedback, right? You can follow us on Twitter and that'll be the easiest way right now is to go to at Zigbits on Twitter and, and follow and then send us messages and, and we will get, we will look at that feedback and we will adjust accordingly, all right? Again, this is a give and take and we want to give back to the network community here. So the feedback is important to us, okay? Um, I believe in the near future, we're going to have a feedback forum on the site. So um, that's in the work in progress. Once that's up, then you'll be able to actually provide feedback for the site uh, in a forum, and it'll give us information, who you are, um, what what episode you're asking a question about, or you know your feedbacks of ground, that kind of stuff, and then um, how to contact you, and then we can directly contact back and forth if we need to, all right? I believe that kind of sums it up. So um, one kind of little pitch here I got is a gigabit is just a higher bandwidth speed pipe focused on delivering bits of data, right? We all know what a gigabit is, gigabyte, gigabit, right? Higher bandwidth speed pipe to send more data, right? However, zigbits or zigabits is not only a high speed pipe full of data, but also provides context around the data teaching and explaining th- that context in an easily understandable and digestible manner. That is the end goal of this entire show. Okay? All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap this episode up. I appreciate everyone for listening. I really do hope that we get back together here soon. Uh, you can follow our show at ZigBits on Twitter. That's Z-I-G. B-I-T-S. You can follow our site at zigbits.tech. If you would like to follow me personally on Twitter, it's at Michael underscore Ziga. Until next time, keep it nerdy.